Welcome to the Soul Sessions Podcast. Deep dive into the causes and real issues underlying addiction, codependency, emotional eating, weight concerns, and the trance of unworthiness. Tune in weekly to befriend, nourish, and heal body, feelings, mind, and soul. And now, your host, soul-centered psychotherapist, trauma expert, and mind-body eating coach, Jody Gale. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soul Sessions with Jody Gale podcast. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which my office is based and across which we virtually meet and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening to this podcast. Today is an episode with me and I'm going to be talking about health at every size or what we call in the field haze. So I realised that I've been talking about health at every size since episode one and many of my guests have talked about haze but I haven't really gone into great detail about what it actually is so I'm going to take the opportunity to do that today. So Health at Every Size or Haze by Lindo Bacon is one of my most referred books to clients who struggle with food, weight and body image concerns and today I'm going to take you through the Haze Manifesto and you will find all of the references in the show notes. So this hasn't been altered in any way as requested by the author when sharing. So Health at Every Size is the new peace movement. So we're losing the war on obesity. Fighting fat has not made the fat go away. However, extensive collateral damage has resulted. So food and body preoccupation, self-hatred, eating disorders, weight cycling, weight discrimination, poor health. Few of us are at peace with our bodies, whether it's because we're fat or because we fear becoming fat. It's time to withdraw the troops. So there is a compassionate alternative to the war and it's health at every size which has proven to be much more successful at health improvement and without the unwanted side effects. So the scientific research consistently shows that common assumptions underlying the war on obesity just don't stand up to the evidence. So the first assumption, overweight and obese people die sooner than leaner people. False. Almost all studies indicate people in the overweight or moderately obese categories live at least as long or longer than people in the normal weight category. So I'm just going to repeat that. Studies show that people in the overweight or moderately obese categories live at least as long or longer than people in the normal weight category. The most comprehensive review of the research pulled data from 26 studies and found overweight to be associated with greater longevity than normal weight. Analysis of the National Health and Nutritional Examination Surveys 1, 2, and 3, which followed the largest nationally represented cohort of US adults, also determined that the ideal weight for longevity was in the overweight category. So again, they determined that the ideal weight for longevity was the overweight category. Assumption, being overweight or obese puts people at significant health risk. Again, false. Studies rarely acknowledge factors like fitness, activity, nutrient intake, weight cycling, or socioeconomic status when considering connections between weight and disease, yet all play a role. When studies do control for these factors, increased risk of disease disappears or is significantly reduced. What's likely going on here is that these other factors increase disease risk at the same time that they increase the risk of weight gain. 
Assumption. Anyone who is determined can lose weight and keep it off. I think we all know that this one's false. The vast majority of people who try to lose weight regain it again. And I believe it's something like the, the I think it's 95% of people. And I'll see if I can find the statistics for that and put them in the show notes. So regardless of whether they maintain their diet or exercise program, the majority regain weight. So this occurs in all studies, no matter how many calories or what proportion of fat, protein or carbohydrates are used in the diet or what types of exercise programs are pursued. Many studies also show that dieting is a strong predictor of future weight gain. Assumption, weight loss will prolong life. Uh, False again. No one has ever shown that losing weight prolongs life. Some studies actually indicate that intentional weight loss increases the risk of dying early from certain diseases. So intentional weight loss would be anyone who is intentionally going on a diet. So it increases the risk of dying early from certain diseases. Uh, The assumption, the only way for overweight people to improve health is to lose weight. False. Most health indicators can be improved through changing health behaviours, regardless of whether weight is lost. So, for example, lifestyle changes can reduce blood pressure, largely or completely independent of changes in body weight. The same can be said for blood lipids. Improvements in insulin sensitivity and blood lipids as a result of aerobic exercise training have been documented even in persons who actually gained body fat while participating in the intervention. Assumption, health is declining as a result of an obesity epidemic. False. While it's true that we're moderately fatter than we used to be, life expectancy has increased during the same time period in which our weight rose. So it's from 70.8 years in 1970 to 72.6 years in 2021. So not only are we living longer than before, but we're healthier than ever and chronic disease is appearing much later in life. So death rates attributed to heart disease have steadily declined throughout the entire spike in obesity. We're simply not seeing the catastrophic consequences predicted to result from the obesity epidemic. So why do these faulty assumptions continue to proliferate and why isn't the reality more widely known? There can only be one explanation when science so blatantly contradicts popular thought, and that's economics. So there is a huge industry that benefits from widening the boundaries of what is considered a problematic weight, including weight loss centers, supplement makers, drug companies, physicians, and purveyors of diet books, foods, and programs. So even scientists benefit by getting research grants and serving as consultants, or by running weight loss centres at universities. Convincing us of a crisis can also aid government agencies in obtaining congressional funding and expert panels that create public policy and determine research funding are populated by individuals with financial conflicts of interest. That said, I do not believe that those engaging in this damaging paradigm are part of a widespread conspiracy. We're all raised with the assumption that fat is bad and permanent weight loss can be achieved through dietary change and exercise. These assumptions are so strongly a part of our cultural landscape that they are regarded as self-evident and few even consider questioning them. As a result, many well-intentioned caring people unknowingly collude and transmit this cultural bias. Also, there's little reward for questioning these assumptions other than peace of mind. 
So when this book was written, indeed for a professional to challenge these ideas, it was tantamount to career suicide. And this is in stark contrast to the large financial status incentive for supporting the old paradigm. You know, things are slowly shifting, especially over the last few years. So what can you do? Refuse to fight in an unjust war and join the new peace movement. So health at every size. Hayes acknowledges that well-being and healthy habits are more important than any number on the scale and participating is simple. So here are the following steps to participate in Hayes. Number one, accept your size, love and appreciate your body that you have. Self-acceptance empowers you to move on and make positive changes. Now, In the last few years, body neutrality has become more popular. So you don't necessarily need to be body positive or love your body, but even coming to a neutral relationship with it is going to be a lot healthier for you than seeing that your body needs to be changed. So number two, trust yourself. We all have internal systems designed to keep us healthy and at a healthy weight. Support your body in naturally finding its appropriate weight by honouring its signals of hunger, fullness and appetite. Adopt healthy lifestyle habits. So develop and nurture connections with others and look for purpose and meaning in your life. Fulfilling your social, emotional and spiritual needs restores food to its rightful place as a source of nourishment and pleasure. Find the joy in moving your body and becoming more physically vital in your everyday life. Five, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full and seek out pleasurable and satisfying foods. Now that might take some time to get used to, especially if you've been um, restricting or binging or using food for many years, but take your time. Number six, tailor your taste so that you enjoy more nutritious foods, staying mindful that there is plenty of room for less nutritious choices in the context of an overall healthy diet and lifestyle. Number seven, embrace size diversity. Humans come in a variety of sizes and shapes, open to the beauty found across the spectrum and support others in recognizing their unique attractiveness. So that's the end of the manifesto. And I'd like to address a major criticism of Hayes because there's going to be people out there listening now who are sitting there saying this is BS or it's just not true. Or, you know, I mean, there's so many health and fitness professionals who, if you Google it, you'll see that they're very critical. So there's many fat phobic critics. And I think I just want to put it like that. A lot of fat phobic critics of the Hayes approach. And one of the common criticisms is that people are not healthy at every size. Now that is true. People in fat and thin bodies are healthy And people in fat and thin bodies can struggle with health issues and be unhealthy. The point of a Hayes approach is that it doesn't matter what size you are. We focus on our health, not our size. I saw a few weeks ago that there is some extremely positive news coming out of the UK Parliament. So the Women and Equalities Committee presented to Parliament, and there's a report online. I'll link to it in the show notes. So they recently reported, and this is, quote, We are hugely saddened to hear of the number of people who have faced appearance and weight-based discrimination when accessing NHS services. So for those listening in Australia, it's the equivalent of Medicare. There is no way to quantify the damage this has done to individuals' mental and physical health. We are not satisfied with the use of BMI as a measurement to evaluate individual health. It is clear that the use of BMI inspires weight stigma, contributes to eating disorders and can damage an individual's body image and mental health. 
we recommend that the government urgently commissions research into the extent and impact of weight-based discrimination for people accessing NHS services. PHE should stop using BMI as a measure of individual health and adopt a health at every size approach within the next 12 months. I mean, I just find that really impressive and at last. So look, it took me a while to get my head around the whole haze thing because it goes against everything that we've been told, especially if, you know, like I mean, I was a chronic dieter for like 30 years and I only have to look at a diet book and I'm standing at the donut store outside the bookshop. So I've been there. I know what it's like. It is really, really challenging if you're stuck on that weight cycling, yo-yo dieting roundabout. It just goes against everything we've been told. So giving up dieting and refusing to participate in diet culture does require a letting go and working through a grieving process. So please be kind to yourself as you do this. So Ndo also has a new book out called Radical Belonging. I believe she's recommending that people read that book, Over Health at Every Size. It's obviously been updated. I'm going to link to it in the show notes and... Yeah, that's it for today. I hope this was useful in just sort of expanding on what Health at Every Size actually is. For the show notes, go to the soulcenter.online forward slash soul sessions. What is Health at Every Size? Thanks for listening and bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Soul Sessions podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. To learn more about how you can befriend your body, feelings, mind and soul, get Jody's free 65-page ebook at thesoulcenter.online. Until next time.